If you consider yourself part of Bachelor Nation, you are going to love today's episode. And even if you aren't, but you're a person of faith or you just love good-hearted people, I think you'll really enjoy today's discussion with Desiree Hartstock Siegfried. Like many of you, I watched Desiree on season 17 of The Bachelor, and my friends and I would say, she seems like she would be friends with us. And then we were all thrilled when she was chosen as The Bachelorette. Today, we talk about more than just her experiences on The Bachelor and Bachelorette, though. We get into her backstory of how this all unfolded in her life, how following God's plan for her led her to find her way on these shows and eventually find her husband, Chris, too. Desiree candidly shares with me what it was like to be on these shows, how her faith journey has evolved, and how now she chooses faith over everything as a mom and entrepreneur. All right, today, you guys, I have someone on who I have to admit I'm a little bit of a fangirl of, and I don't say that very often. I just have loved her from the moment I saw her on TV. And I remember my friends and I would get together and watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and we would always say about Desiree, she would be our friend. Like, I feel like she would hang out with us. (laughs) So today I have Desiree Hartstock Siegfried. How do you say your last name? Siegfried. Segfried. Okay. I have Desiree with me today and I'm just so grateful that she's taking the time to talk to me. I actually met Desiree in New York at, oh my gosh, what's that place called? The Smith. The Smith. The Smith. Yeah. Yes. I walked in, I was meeting, I think my sister or someone for, or no, maybe it was a business meeting. Anyway, I was there, I think in the summer. And then um, yeah. I saw her there just having lunch and I just got the guts up to walk up to her and say, Hi, I love you. I really <laughs> admire you. And we had just both done within the last like year or so a trip with a nonprofit called Healing Waters. So yeah. I kind of made that connection with her and it was so fun. She was just as you would hope she would be in real life. Oh, like so nice. <laughs> actually really delightful and kind and very gracious. So so Desiree, tell everybody like who you are and what you're up to now and for anyone who doesn't know yes. who you are. Well, it was really nice meeting you in New York. You were so sweet. And I'm glad we were able to connect because I believe I started following you just before that. So it was nice to see you in person as well. But yeah, I most obviously people know me from the show, but that has been, it's been about six years now, six to seven years. Wow. So a lot has happened within that time. And of course, as everyone, you grow and you become a, a different person from what you were at like 27. So it's been a lot of fun. I am pursuing my dreams as a wedding gown designer. I always wanted to do that since I was in high school. So it feels good to be able to do that now. I know I'm a mama to two boys. We live in Portland, Oregon now. And I'm just loving life, you know, following God's calling. And it's been great to be able to connect with Especially becoming a mom, I feel like it's been wonderful being able to connect with other moms, other business owners, being able to chat and talk about, you know, the struggle of all that. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't realize you, for some reason, I thought you guys were in Washington still. So that's cool that you're in Portland. Yeah. So we were in Seattle for about six years. We just moved to Portland in March. So that's to be, yeah, to be closer to family now with the two kids. It's really helpful. And you get all the good food there. So, so much, much good, good food. food. So much good food. I I mean, we're like every week I want to try somewhere new because just everywhere is so good. Yes. You would never run out of places to try there. No. That's for sure. Never. So you mentioned just a little bit, you said that you 
have tried to follow God's calling. So that's really what we want to talk about today. And I've just been so impressed with as, you know, social media is so cool that you get to know really whatever that person is all about. And I've had a couple other friends do the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, and they've told me that it's it really is kind of startling to see just how much they can cut up and take out. And once everything's like sliced and diced and put back together in their form of a puzzle, then, you know, a lot of those things are taken out. And that was something that I think I felt like you hinted toward, but then it was interesting talking to you offline and that you said there were a lot of things that were taken out. So I just want to start from the very beginning when you walked in as a contestant um, you were a contestant on <laughs> Sean season, on right? season, yeah. And yeah. did you feel like going into that with all the other girls that you kind of stood out? Or did you feel like there was like a camaraderie with other women of faith? Or what was that like? Oh my gosh, it's such an interesting thing. So I had never watched a full season of the show before going on. I was never really, you know, a TV person. And honestly, none of my friends would have ever in a million years thought of me as being on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not, I've always been, you know, more behind the scenes. So it's just an interesting, it's just interesting how my journey has worked out, but it has always been God's hand in it. So, um, but yeah, first going into the show, a lot of the background goes into how I felt leading up to the show. So I had recently gotten out of a breakup and I moved to LA to be with a friend and stayed with her. But I was like, I spent a whole year of just seeking, praying and kind of just a little lost, but also strong with my faith because I was seeking so much of my direction and trying to find my his guidance for my life and what was next because I was broke in LA, miserable. Like <laughs> it, it was just really hard, um, just working just to survive and get by and then some. So when the this opportunity came about, you know, I was in LA for about a year. So so much of that year was preparing me for this, I believe. I was fully into his plan. I was like, you know, God, like whatever door opens and I'll pray about it. And if it opens and I know it's, it's right, you know, like I know that I should take the risk and I should follow that calling, that feeling, you know, like that it's right. So randomly my roommate was watching the show. And so I, um, I was just watching Emily's season and I was like, yeah, that looks fun. Like, totally just not thinking of it from a love perspective, mainly from like, it'll be an adventure. It'll be fun. It'll get me, it'll kind of break up this, whatever's going on in LA and be a fun thing. And so I emailed just not thinking anything of it. And they responded back the next day and it kind of, you know, progressed throughout the few months of, I did like an on camera interview and all that still not thinking anything of it. I was like, why would they have me be on the show? Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even know what it's all about. And then it came down to actually being chosen to go on the show. And I I probably didn't even tell my parents like until two weeks before leaving because I was just like still not believing it myself. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but remind me where you grew up too. I don't remember. Well, so I grew up in Denver, but I left Denver right out of high school to go to California for school. So I had been on my own since I was 18. So that's also part of the whole struggle, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. financially and figuring out my way in California. But yeah, so once this opportunity actually came about, I prayed about it. And I, I really asked God, like, if, because I wasn't able to afford it, you don't get paid to go on the show. You have to, you know, stop working. You don't work during that time. 
And for me personally, that's a huge risk. Like I couldn't even pay my rent. I couldn't pay my bills. But I believed and I trusted that, you know, if this is what he wants me to do, which seems odd because it's like I'm going on a show to date a guy who's also dating 25 other women. (laughs) But, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So (laughs) there you go. Yeah. So I, I just felt peace about it. And so I, I went on and I did continue on to the show to where I couldn't pay my bills. And so I had to actually ask production if they would, I was like, you know, like if I continue going forward, like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm going to have to leave or mm-hmm. you'll have to pay my, my rent. And so luckily it worked out, but it's just crazy. The whole thing. So back to your question, that was just the background of it all. No, that's super that, interesting. Um, I'm really glad that, that we, yeah. that you shared that because I didn't know that that was something you felt really led to do. So that's cool to know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Cause anyone who knows me, it's not something that I would go naturally into being mm-hmm. on TV, but you know, it just felt right at that moment. And so going into the show the first night, because I just was trusting, I think when you are at a place, when you are trusting God, things just come easier, you know, like so true. the choices, the choices you make come easier, the like relationships or I don't know, like, I just felt like I'm going to go win and I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. Like if I go home the first night, then great. Like it wasn't meant to be. If I go the whole way and he's my husband, then great. That's what God wants for me. Um, So I just really had that attitude of, you know, just giving it to him and being able to go day to day with trusting whether or not I needed to be there. There were definitely moments where I doubted my time there and I was wondering if I should leave or if like Sean was even for me, because you do Mm -hmm. get wrapped up in so much of the day to day. You don't have phones, you don't have computers, you don't have friends to talk to. So it's really, you have to rely on your own like reflection, like your own reflective thoughts. But it's hard when you're constantly talking about the same person. You literally are competing for this guy's attention, for this guy's love. So, And you probably, it's not like you can bounce off your the thoughts other and feelings to, or even to people you would normally trust in your life, right? Like your parents oh, right. or your best yeah, friend no. or... Not at all, yeah. Those you, people are all stripped away. Everyone's stripped away. And so while it, for me, that was kind of refreshing because I didn't need my phone. It felt good to be able to take a break, you know, not have yeah. to work every day. So it felt good. But yeah, it's definitely an emotional toll because you have to decipher, like, can I trust my own like heart, can I trust my thoughts? You're in a completely different world, you know? Right. So the first day in the first week, actually just the whole time, I would say a lot of people were probably surprised with me going so far or me even being chosen for the bachelorette because I stayed to myself. I was pretty reserved. Um, I didn't want to get caught up in any drama. I didn't want to deal with, you know, all the cattiness. Mm -hmm. So me and a few other girls, we kind of just stuck together and I don't know, it was kind of nice to be able to do that. And honestly, you do get to know the girls so well that you really do build friendships and bonds that last forever because you're going through this rare opportunity, rare experience that only going through it, you can understand. As far as discussions of faith or questions about that or your answers 
to you know any of the questions that you were being asked or whatever, did you feel like you could be yourself or did you feel like that was kind of filtered out? I feel like I could be myself and talk about anything I wanted. I think it did help because Sean had already been known as a Christian, known as, you know, mm, yeah, that's, that's what he's looking for. So I think that made the conversation more apparent mm-hmm. and a little more of a topic. But at the same time, it's so hard to go back and remember. <laughs> it was so long right. Ago. right. But yeah, I mean, I felt comfortable enough to talk about everything. I feel like it was nothing they ever air or show or, you know, they want to air you know, drama and all that. So they never really show the conversations of faith, conversations of religion or any type of questions you might have, especially yeah, um, on the other side when I was asking the guys, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I was looking for a husband who had a little bit of faith, you know, who actually yeah. believed in God. So that was definitely a topic of discussion that didn't really yeah. care. So let's talk about that. So what did that look like? It probably was more of an interesting experience when you were on the other side. And like you said, you're trying to figure out who and what you're looking for. Yeah. So so what was that like? (laughs) It was extremely difficult (laughs) for me personally, because like I said before, like I just don't thrive with like that much attention or having to be on constantly. Yes. I'm very much an introvert. I'm very much like need my space, need my time to like rejuvenate. So to be honest, I was extremely overwhelming because you're not sleeping. You only, the days are like eight hour filming days. And then on top of just the exhaustion, you're dealing with emotion. And so I feel like just emotionally, physically, and honestly, spiritually, I was depleted. Like it's just hard because you're to yourself. Like you have no one you can really trust. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And so by the end, I think I was just like, just so over it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and then of course, then it airs and then there's even more like depletion from critics and social media. So for me personally, it was very hard. Obviously, I found Chris from it. So I think everything works together for his good. And, it, you know, I think I personally needed that experience exactly how it worked out mm-hmm. <laughs> with like with the prick stuff and all of that needed to happen in my life for me to see like the kind of man, the good man that I needed in my life. Yeah. And it's crazy because who knows if I didn't go through that, I probably would still be dating like the same pattern of guys, like mm-hmm. not, you know, like it's just patterns that you tend to like adapt. And I don't know, it was just really good. And when I was going through every decision or every week, I really did trust God and I did feel at peace with every single decision, every single thing. And so leading up to the end and leading up to all of that stuff that happened for viewers, I think a lot of them, it was so hard for them to see, although so much of it was taken out, you know, obviously, Um, but it was hard for many people to see mine and Chris's relationship. You know, a lot of people questioned it, but they also didn't see so much that they didn't air. And also you can't explain God's divine timing. You know, you can't explain that to people. So it was like really hard for me too, because I wasn't going to be on the defensive, you know, because it's really hard to explain things that Mm -hmm. people may not understand. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure that, like you said, so much of that does get cut out. And so the story probably makes a lot more sense if you were to see everything, all of yeah. the, you know, <laughs> for some reason we could see all the raw footage or all of the everything that, yeah. that 
actually happened. So are there any experiences or standout moments that you can remember where you felt like God spoke to you and or gave you direction or gave you peace during all of that craziness? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say if I was like it all in hindsight, obviously, you know, I feel like in hindsight, you see so much more clearly because you're not just dwelling with all the different emotions. But I feel like Okay. From day one, Chris was like, we just hit it off so comfortable, so friendly. Like I never felt like I needed to impress him. He made me feel comfortable. So right then and there, in hindsight, if I were to tell any single girls, you really do need to marry your best friend. Like the person Mm -hmm. who just puts you at ease and you never have to question, you never have to doubt. And then throughout the show, he was just the steadfast, like steady, didn't get jealous, didn't need reassurance. He was there for me. And he made that clear and he never let any trauma, any other stuff get in the way. And then that also brings me back to talking to two single girls. Like if a man's into you, like he will pursue you. Like God instilled men to pursue and then women to want to be desired. So it's like, I don't know. It's just so funny in hindsight when you see so much. But some of the moments where I did feel led or like God was telling me some things So hometowns is when I really felt like he was telling me I belonged here in Oregon. Mm. So he was my third. Yeah, he was my third hometown, Chris was. And so I had already gone to like Arizona and Texas. And then we flew into Oregon and he lives, his parents live like two hours from the airport. So it was such a beautiful drive. If you've ever been to Oregon and through the country, it was just so beautiful um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest is so breathtaking. And if uh, you haven't been there, so it's hard to describe. I remember, so I lived in Washington State till I was 10 years old. And then my family okay. moved to Utah. And I still vividly remember driving down the freeway in Utah and being like, it's so ugly here. Only because <laughs> there weren't trees everywhere. I was so used to always being surrounded by these ginormous green, lush trees everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe if you haven't actually been there, but it really is just breathtaking how beautiful it is. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's what I needed to in that moment was just like nature, because that's where I typically feel most inspired, most like myself is if I'm Mm -hmm. in nature or like if I have some time to myself to think. (laughs) And so I had two hours to, you know, to myself to think with beautiful nature all around me. And I remember vividly we were, I was just looking out the window, looking at this beautiful, like all these trees and this vast fields of, I don't know, it was just stunning. And then I did feel like God was like, you belong here. You belong here. Yeah. And so obviously I feel like whenever we hear God, it's like, we can either take it into our own context or we can take it for what it is and what God wants it to be. Yeah. I have to rewind because back when I was first, I was getting back into my faith right after this like breakup in Mm -hmm. Orange County. And I was going to church a lot and I was with my friend and I kept feeling this urge for Oregon. And I even have it written down in like my journals. It's really crazy. But um, yeah, me and my friend, we both just would like feel this like strong calling towards Oregon. So when I was then driving and I felt him say, you belong here, it just all made sense, you know? And that well, was like, like you were saying a minute ago, if, yeah, you were saying like, if, if it's God's plan, things just fall into place. They totally do. Absolutely. And so that was one of the first of many things that had led to that. And then after his hometown, I just felt really great about us and I felt good about his family. I felt like we just fit 
like, mm-hmm. like you said, it just comes easy. Like everything yeah. just came easy. So it was just, it just felt right. And then we go to Antigua and then we have all that drama with all the other stuff. <laughs> and it's so funny because it was so easy for me to then let go of a relationship which I think is hard for people to see because they don't believe it. Because when you believe that God has someone for you and believe that that person, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's easy to let go of what's not right for you. And so it was actually extremely easy. Obviously rejection and all of that hurts and it brings back hurts from like past relationships. So it kind of, whenever you do feel rejected or have a breakup or a hurt, I feel like it's not, just that that's hurting right then and there. It's like all the other feelings of past rejection, past hurt, past everything. So when I was able to just let that go and be like, my person is here, you know, like God has this beautiful man in front of me and he is intended to be my husband. Like it just felt right and it felt good. And so I obviously prayed about, like, I never wanted to say goodbye to Chris. And so I knew there that we did need to pursue this relationship. And I did pray about whether or not to get engaged or if we just start a relationship. And the more I prayed about it, it just felt so right. It felt so easy. It just felt like this was the beginning of my future. So yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. With me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, it's cool to just have that visual of, you know, what it looked like and felt like for you. I have a funny question for you because you mentioned a minute ago, like, your journey back to faith and going to church. Yeah. I've always wondered, do they give you time on that show if you wanted to go to church or go do things that will kind of reset you spiritually? Do you have any time Um, or room for anything like that? You don't really have any time at all. I do know that, I know, I do know that when we were in Germany, it was Easter. And Mm -hmm. so the guys got to go to a church. I think I was either on a date or I had to do B-roll or something but they were able to go to like Easter mass. Um, yeah, but you are able to bring a Bible. You can't have any other books, but they did allow you to bring a Bible. So that was nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I would imagine it is hard to squeeze these things in. I've even thought to myself before, how do these girls like get their nails done or how do they, how oh do my they keep up on anything like know. that when you, when they, they are like bring everything because yeah, well, when you're in the house, yeah, you bring all your own stuff, you do your own makeup, you do your own everything. So I think like, obviously, throughout the years, girls have really figured it out because they're all looking so good. <laughs> yes. I just remember not being prepared for anything because I had no idea. That's probably what made you so endearing, though, is it just felt like, I mean, I really, my friends and I were all like, she seems like so normal. Like she would just be our friend. So (laughs) I probably would. I'm just, yeah. I think that's the thing though. I'm just so normal and I don't care. I like, I didn't care about what happened with the show. I just knew that, you know, if it's a God thing, then I'll pursue it. You just wanted the right thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I want to just transition now into life. Like you said, a lot has happened since then. You are a business owner. You're in quote unquote influencer, which some people (laughs) hate that word. I actually don't mind it. I feel like it's a good reminder of the power that you can have to, even if you have 100 followers on Instagram, if you think about like how hard it is to get hundred people in person to tell them your feelings and thoughts about anything about religion or politics or anything going on in the world 
you know, anyone who has an Instagram account or a Twitter account or a Facebook account, you can influence a lot of people in one paragraph or whatever. And so that's a big part of your life as well as raising boys and designing these wedding gowns. So I just want to ask you, what does it look like now to have your faith and your relationship with God guide and direct what you do? I think it's everything. I've actually been through a huge journey with business because Mm -hmm. of just, you have to make so many different decisions. I have to really know the direction that I'm supposed to go in. And I'll be honest, I think in the beginning, I was putting so much emphasis on just what I wanted and what I needed to do. And I was really just trusting my own intentions, my own actions, that it didn't work out in the beginning, you know, like, and I did, whenever I would pray, I just feel like I was keeping myself busy too, to a point where I wasn't focusing on what he wanted. I was just like, I want this. So I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go do it. And I think probably about a, I would say a year in. So like I'm only two and a half years in, so I'm still very new, but I think that's why it's so, so important to listen and really pray about the decisions you make because otherwise you'll be like me and I'm like constantly evolving (laughs) because I realized, oh, that's not what he wanted for me. So now I have to do this and now I have to start over, but it's been good. But yeah, I think in the beginning I was trusting myself and you know, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. It didn't take off the way I wanted it to. And then I stopped to listen and I stopped to see, hey, like, why am I doing this? And what do you want, you know, from this? Like he gives us these talents, he gives us these skills. And so it's up to us to listen to how he wants us to use them. So, so true. Yeah. So I just feel like I finally stopped my own will and I started listening to his will. And, you know, there's a lot of changes I'm making and it's already showing that it's for the better. So it's been really wonderful to be able to, I don't know, he's like my business coach. (laughs) Right? I feel the same way. And I think it's so wise what you just said about, you know, when you try to just do things your way and you're like, this is the way I want it and this is what I think is best for me, it just doesn't go as well. And then when you let God, you know, when you let him direct whatever he has in store, it's remarkable to see, oh, this was your plan. And it's actually yeah. way better than what my plan was. <laughs> I don't have you read the Magnolia story with that Joanna Gaines wrote? Not yet. No, oh my gosh. that's actually it's so on good. my list. You would love it. And I just love how she talks about her whole journey. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, but she talks about how she wanted to open this shop and she and Chip poured like everything into it. It was this darling little shop in Waco. And then she felt like God said, I need you to close these doors and I need you to just be at home with your kids. And she was wow, crushed because it was, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so it was this darling little shop and it was doing well and it was looking like they were going to be successful with this, but she just really felt like not right now. Like God said to her, this mm-hmm. is not the time and season. So she shut that down. And then later on, you know, years later, she and she felt like God's going to make this up to me. And then she felt like years later, it it all came together. And obviously with all the success they've had and how they've like taken over the world. And at the very end of her book, she has a line in there where she says like, listen to the still small voice. And I love that. I feel like, you know, it's so universal that everyone, that God has a plan for everyone and that it's just up to us to listen. And like you said, give your will away because that's like, that's the hardest part is, we always just want to take it back, right? Like, yeah. oh, no, like 
I want to listen to God, but wait, this is what I want. Or, or I, yeah, or a lot of yeah. times what he wants from us is what is most difficult for us. So, I mean, that's why it is you have to get out of your comfort zone if you hear those small voices to take a risk. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's taking the risk to know that because that's faith. You know, you're believing in the unseen. Totally. So totally 100%. But once you do it, then you'll see these like blessings pour out. And it's just crazy to watch and see and, and honestly, to be a part of like, I was literally broke for like a decade of just (laughs) because I was broke spiritually. And so I think financially, it was like a mirror of working hard for my own will. And it was like obvious, like certain things started happening where I, my car broke down, I got in an accident and then I had to pay like a deposit for my roommate. So all these things like kept happening. That was terrible financially. And it was also like an awakening of like, God, what is going on? I know I'm not living my life right now the way you want me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was almost like he's trying to get my attention. Yeah. Um, and then once I started paying attention, that's when I started getting back in my faith. I started praying more. I started feeling more convicted of things I was doing in my life. And then as he shed the wrong people out of my life and the wrong I like quit a job because I felt, I know it makes no sense to anyone who is logical, but I'm <laughs> not logical because I, <laughs> I walk by faith, but I was like 24, had a great paying job, designing, doing what I loved, but I felt like I needed to leave. And so after like months and months, this is all while like my financial terrible stuff is happening. So I just felt like he was calling me to leave and it took months and months of prayer and hearing that same small voice, like, you got to go, you got to go. And I kept fighting it a little bit. And because I needed the money, (laughs) I was like, how am I going to pay for all these things that are happening? And then I finally just was like, you know, I got to go. And then I quit. And then I worked year and a half just doing odd jobs and working in bridal salons, making no money whatsoever. But then God opened this door for the show. And it just, it's just crazy because although I had, you know, said, okay, I'm letting go. It took two full years of me seeking that fully before he opened the door. So I don't think it's also a reminder of it's not going to happen overnight. Like if you're faithful, he wants to test you and not in a mean way, but he wants to see your faithfulness. And if you are faithful, I mean, it's just all of the blessings that can come from it. Because like Joanna said, like, it's like, he's paying you back for trusting him. Yeah, I love that so much. And I fully believe that too, that a lot of times it just takes patience. Patience, yeah. Yeah, patience and willing to submit to the will of God. So I have this, I pulled up this quote that I love so much. I'm going to just read it really quick. (laughs) Um, It says, perhaps the greatest discovery of my life without question, the greatest commitment came when I finally had the confidence in God that I would loan or yield my agency to him without compulsion or pressure, without any duress as a single individual alone by myself, no counterfeiting, nothing expected other than the privilege. In a sense, speaking figuratively, to take one's agency, that precious gift, which the scriptures make plain as essential to life itself, and say, I will do as you direct, is afterward to learn that in so doing, you possess it all the more. And that was a, um, That's great. Like a speech at BYU, yeah, by uh, Boyd K. Packer. And I just love that because it really is like, that's the greatest discovery. When you finally figure that out, that, oh, if I just give my will to God, he has way better things in store for me. Way better things. That's one of my favorite things to always tell people to. Like, I would say the biggest word I live by aside from faith is hope. Like I constantly Mm -hmm. live with a sense of hope. And so I think 
when you do meet people who maybe aren't believers or, you know, still struggling in certain aspects of life, it's like instilling that hope. I don't know, just believing that something bigger is yet to come. What does that look like as a mom for you? Oh my, as a mom, I need it daily. (laughs) You know, I think the biggest word I always use whenever I talk to anyone when it comes to motherhood is grace. Mm. I just walk by grace. (laughs) Um, I give myself grace. I have to give my kids grace. I have to give my husband lots of grace (laughs) because you're just in a season of, and also seasons. Like I try to remind both Chris and I all the time, like this is a season, like it's hard right now, but it won't be it'll just be a different kind of hard <laughs> in like, right. So true. Like it'll always be hard, but you know, it's just a season. So I think that's such a great reminder for moms to know, like you can't do it all. You also have to give it to God and know that you're doing the best you can. You know, he's got your little babies in his hands. You know, you can stress as much as you want. You can worry as much as you want, but in the end, like he's got it, you know, like, I think that's also, you just have to trust and you have to have the faith to know that. He is watching. He's listening to your prayers. He's listening to your struggle. He hears you when you're crying or when you're having a rough day. And I think just knowing like you're not alone, you know, as a mom, because it can be very isolating. It can be, sometimes I think you can feel like, why do I feel this way? Am I crazy? (laughs) Like I have these sweet little babies and I shouldn't feel like this is hard or I shouldn't feel like this is stressful or I shouldn't get mad at him right now. And in all reality, we're, you know, we're human. We aren't going to have it all together every day. And I don't know, I, I feel so connected to mamas because it is a tough job, you know? Yeah, it is. But what you said was just beautiful. And I so agree with you that you do have to just give yourself grace and your kids. That's also your so kids. important. You've got to give your kids grace. Yeah. They're just learning their babies. Yeah. You know what? I read somewhere, I don't even know where it was or what it was, but it was like, it was pretty much saying like, don't you have bad days? You're not, yes. you know, happy every day. So, right. So, so, wouldn't your kids also have, like, we get on them for, we're always like, well, why are they acting like this today? But it's like, it's just a day, you know, like yeah. they're having a bad day. <laughs> yep. We all have those bad days. That's so true. And kids have so much less experience than we do, too, of processing yes. feelings and knowing how to deal with the world and deal with disappointments and embarrassments and frustrations and misunderstandings and all of those things. So, that's, yeah, great advice. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself and your children grace. I love that. Oh, so much. children grace. Yeah. So, what do you feel like in all of this time that you've learned, you know, to trust God and everything? What do you feel like if you could go back and talk to your younger self be- right oh before God. maybe Gosh. you started the bachelor and bachelorette <laughs> thing? And when you were broken, when you were feeling frustrated, what do you wish you could have told your younger self? Like, it'll all work out. I don't know, you know, whatever you're going through now, it will work out. There's something better to come. And I don't know, I think back in the day, what did I need to hear? You know, I'm like just thinking like, what did I need to hear? You know, I think what is good to know too, when you're in those days of life of when it's difficult, it's like, you're doing good, you know, like you're still like giving yourself, I think I needed validation for what I was doing because instead of dwelling on all the bad things that were happening, I could have used a little like, you know, a little cheer, a little pick me up. <laughs> yeah. A pep talk. I, I love that. A little pep talk. <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, I'm thinking back to my like early and mid twenties too. I went through some rough, uh-huh. rough patches for sure. And could have used that same type of pep talk of it's going to all work out and look at the good that you are doing. And yeah. Yeah. 
Those are great and, words and, of yeah. And I mean, I was by myself and I was very reserved and I never really wore my heart on my sleeve. Like I do now. Shocking. I know. I never cried in front of <laughs> anyone, which is so funny. My friends like now when they watch the show, they're like, whoa, <laughs> they're like, oh, she does cry a lot. <laughs> but yeah. I well, think, sleep I, deprivation I think, will do that too, right? Yes, totally. Oh my gosh. But um, I do think, yeah, talking to someone, like I could have used talking to someone or just knowing that someone could listen or would listen and not just trusting again, my own advice, you know, like I was trusting my own will in those moments. I love that. Reaching out is reaching out is so smart, especially when you're going through, I don't know, when I was in my early and mid twenties, I knew everything. Yeah. Same, you know, so (laughs) it's, it's like once you hit your thirties, you kind of realize, at least for me, I realized. No, same for me. For sure. I actually do. I, I actually know nothing. And I want all of the advice and all of the help from the people who have more wisdom and experience than oh, I do. Isn't it funny? I was so stubborn and never took advice. Yeah. I'm like, I am independent. I got this. Yes. I know what I'm doing. And then, yes. I mean, obviously I didn't. I was <laughs> funny. Yeah. And then you get older and you're like, I don't got this. Any of no, it. No, no. I'm just, like, how can I, I need all learning? the help? You know, like. I mean, life, it's a learning experience. And each day we have to accept learning something new about ourselves even, you know? Yep. Yeah. So true. I love that. Okay. Well, you've given us so many interesting things to think about, some really cool stories. And just, I've been so inspired, really have felt Uh the spirit multiple times when you've been talking about your faith and about leaning on God and trusting him. I want to ask you this last question that I ask everyone on this podcast, and that is, if there's one message that people remember from this interview, what do you want that one message to be? I think it's just to lean on God, you know, lean on God and trust his will for your life. I love that because he knows better than we all do. He knows way better, yeah. Yes, what's best for us. Well, I just, you continue to inspire me and it's just, it's delightful to feel like you are just as good, if not, not even if not, but you are even better than I would have pictured you to be as a person and just like a real girl and mom and someone, you know. That You're so sweet. As, as genuine as you would hope that she <laughs> oh, would be. Anyway, well, thank um, you. I, if, I, I had a great time talking to you. Oh, I like so we went on a few tangents, but you know, no, that's it was the awesome. one. Yeah. It was awesome. So if people loved this interview and they want to connect with you on social media and find you and follow everything that you're doing, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram at Desiree Siegfried. And then you can find all my beautiful wedding gowns and all that jazz um, over at Desiree Hartsock. Awesome. Well, we will put those in the show notes. And thanks again for spending your time here with me today. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.